Welcome to the intersection of faith and the culture. Thanks for joining us today on Wobblers Live. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution coach and a former Texas legislator. I'm here with David Barton. He's America's premier historian and our founder here at Wobblers. Tim Barton's a national speaker and pastor and president of Wobblers. And all three of us are looking forward to sharing with you a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective of all the hot topics of the day. You can learn more at our website, wallbuilderslive.com, wallbuilderslive.com. Com. That's the place where you can get archives of the program if you want to go back and pick up some of the shows you missed over the last few weeks or months. It's all available there, and we encourage you to grab some of those links, share them with your friends and family. That's how the program grows when you recommend it and you share it with folks. We greatly appreciate it. That makes you a force multiplier. So not only are you learning these things, not only are you getting educated and inspired and making a difference in your community, but then you're encouraging others to do the same. That's the kind of multiplication that we need uh, in order for this nation to be saved. we got to get more people involved, folks. I, I mean, I love the fact that everybody's waking up over the last couple of years and finally saying, whoa, 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 can government actually run my life? Can it tell me when I can leave my house, when I can go to work or not? Uh, can it inhibit my breathing and, and violate my bodily integrity with all these masks and, and health care decisions and all these things? Can government really do that? So people are asking these questions because their rights have been violated and they're finally saying, what is the proper role of government? Well, that's what we talk about here on Wall Builders Live quite often. The proper role of government, what it should be doing, what it shouldn't be doing. In fact, we encourage you to take one of our Constitution classes. Go to biblicalcitizens.com today, and you can become one of our biblical citizenship coaches. Hosting that class in your home or at your church, it's free. Go there and get that and get started. You can be the catalyst for a restoration of biblical values and constitutional principles. But we're going to uh, we're going to always bring you truth on this program. We just want to challenge you to help expand that truth. That also means making a donation. Wallbuilderslive.com. Your donation will help us reach more people, allow us to do more trainings for pastors and students, and all these different things. Thanks for being a part of the solution. And today we're in fact going to give you that perspective with a lot of good news. So it's Good News Friday around here at Wallbuilders. We love Fridays, getting a lot of good news for you. David and Tim have been compiling some of these stories that the major media doesn't cover and that we want to share with you today to give you some encouragement to show you that the system works when we work it. These principles of liberty are not dead. All right, David and Tim, the good news continues into 2023. I just feel like we're going to be more overwhelmed with good news in 2023 than we have in a, in a long time. So uh, this will be our, this is actually our second week of good news because we were playing Yako on the first Friday of uh of 2023 but we had some good news last week and let's just dive into more 2023 well i shouldn't say 2023 let's dive into good news that's probably from last year because i know how you guys are with your stacks uh but also bring it into 2023 so here we go david first piece of good news today well actually this one is going to be solely in 2023 well i can't even say that the good news part is solely 2023 but it goes back to the election in november where that the house switched hands and so starting in january early january there was all the stuff about electing the speaker, and after 15 votes, Kevin McCarthy's a speaker. And so earlier this week, we, we talked with Josh Burkine, we talked with Brian Babin, lots of rule changes, lots of process changes. And so over the last couple of weeks or so that they've had it, let me just kind of go back through and, and just cover some of the ground. Uh, we talked earlier with both Burkine and Babin about the seven things the House was going to do and, and what they were going to do up front and what their most important things were. And I think it's significant that McCarthy, when he became speaker after the 15th vote, he announced that the number one thing Congress was going to do was that what they were going to do was defund 
the IRS 87,000 agents. So we're going to take that off the board, get the funding gone, make sure those guys don't get a job. Not that we're for unemployment. It would be nice to have less government employment and more private sector employment. So those 87,000, that was going to be their number one agenda issue, the number one item. And it's significant because the, the House Speaker generally maintains the first 10 numbers for House bills. So H.R. 1, H.R. 2, House Resolution 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 on through, and, and it'll end up getting into the 10, 12, 13,000s over the session of Congress. So the first 10 pretty much are set aside for the Speaker. So Kevin has announced the seven things that they intend to do, and the first thing they were going to do was repeal the IRS stuff. So let me kind of update you uh, on the things we talked about earlier this week, the seven things. Let me just go through what we have. They've already done a whole bunch of those first seven things, and that is really amazing because a lot of times you have to work bills through committees, uh, hearings, and you have to have subcommittees and et cetera, and some of this stuff they've already gotten done. So to here, here's H.R. 23 is what it was called, to rescind certain balances made available to the Internal Revenue Service. So this is defunding the IRS, and it passed by a margin of 221 to 210. So now, just to put a perspective on this, right now in Congress, there's 222 Republicans, there's 213 Democrats. So what you essentially have is a complete party-line vote here where the, the, the Democrats say, no, we want more IRS agents, we want to fund those agents, we think audits are a good thing, we think them getting into your books and seeing your private records, that's good. And the Republicans said, we think it's really bad. So that did pass. So that, that funding... Uh, House has said we're not going to do that funding for those 87,000. So that one, the other thing that they did right off the bat was they passed a a bill to protect America's strategic petroleum reserve from China. It's amazing as it just doesn't even make sense. As Biden's been dipping into the strategic petroleum reserve, he's been sending that oil to China, which, which doesn't even make sense. I thought we were doing this to lower the price of gas in America. We end up sending it to China. So the vote on this was really different. This turned out to be quite bipartisan. Instead of having 222 Republicans versus 213 Democrats, the final passage was 331 to 97. So more than half the Democrats agreed that we should not be putting our strategic petroleum reserve into China. So that's really good. That's a bipartisan bill, and that's really good. Uh, Then they also got passed what's called Amend Title 18 of the U.S. Code to Prohibit This is what used to be called the the Infants Born Alive Protection Act, that if a baby survives an abortion, you you make sure that baby lives to the best of your ability. You don't ignore it or let it die after birth. So we've been going that back and forth. That just seems basic humanity. That wouldn't seem to be a partisan bill, but it has become a partisan bill. Uh, Back when this was being done under President Bush back, what's that, 20 years ago now, uh, this was a bipartisan issue. It's no longer a bipartisan issue. So the Infant Born Alive Protection Act, it's called a little different now, is to prohibit a health care practitioner from failing to exercise the proper degree of care in the case of a child who survives an abortion or attempted abortion. That passed the House 220 to 210. So another straight party line vote. Uh, No Democrats crossing over on that to say, hey, we think an infant that's born alive should be protected. So when it came, well, I take that back. There was one Democrat. In the passage of that vote, it was 219 Republicans and one Democrat, and that Democrat was Cuellar out of Texas. Rick, we talked about him earlier this week. You served with yeah. him earlier in the State House, and so that's the only Democrat 
there was another Democrat, Gonzalez, who did not vote for it, just voted present, didn't take a vote on it. Yeah, remember, David, come- like you mentioned earlier, that because Cuellar is pro-life, uh, they they tried to take him out in his primary. They've tried to yeah. multiple times. You know, he's. I think he may be the only pro life. He is the only pro life left. Uh, yeah. Only pro life left. They have put Democrats in his race, as I recall, five point two million in the Democrat primary to take wow. him out as a Democrat. Some races didn't even have five point two for the general election, and they put that in the primary to take him out. He he went into a runoff. He had to do the primary and a runoff of the primary. So he had two races, and he survived that. Uh, so he's the only pro-life Democrat in Congress now, I believe. I, I think the other one was uh, – one was retired. One was defeated in primary. There were two. I think he's the only one now uh, other than those other two that, that are now gone. So it, it's, it's down to just him. So then we had another um, resolution. It's called Resolution Expressing the Sense of Congress Condemning the Recent Attacks on Pro-Life Facilities, Groups, and Churches. Now, tell me who wants to go on record as supporting these attacks on pro-life facilities, groups, and churches. Well, actually, 209 Democrats went on record as not not condemning attacks on churches, not condemning attacks on these other clinics. I think there's now over 250 firebombings that have happened to pro-life pregnancy centers and churches. So firebombing churches apparently is an okay thing for 209 Democrats. Uh, there are actually three Democrats that voted with the resolution saying, hey, we, we think this is a bad deal. And, you know, Gonzalez and Houlihan and, and Perez were, were three of them. Um, then there's two more bills they've already gotten passed, two more measures passed through the House. It's establishing the Select Committee on the Strategic Competition between the United States and the Chinese Communist Party. So it's great that they're not even saying China. They're calling it the Chinese Communist Party, which is the right description. It's not China as a nation. It's the Chinese Party. They're fighting with the Communist Party. And that resolution to to create a select committee on strategic competition passed by overwhelming margin of 365 to 65. So that was a bipartisan measure as well. Democrats agree with that. China's a problem. And then the final measure that's been passed so far in these first couple of weeks is establishing a select subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government as a selective investigation subcommittee of the Committee on the Judiciary. So in other words, Jim Jordan is now chairman of the Judiciary Committee, and this will create a new subcommittee, which will look into the weaponization of the federal government, particularly IRS, DEA, whatever it is, ATF. And they're going to look at how the federal government is now targeting industries and targeting citizens that are not doing things illegally, they just don't like it on, on the progressive side. So that was, again, a very partisan vote, 221 to 211. So that's already that, that we've seen. Uh, that is six measures passed in the last two weeks, and it usually takes a lot longer than that to get these things through. So good for the Republicans. They're keeping their word. They're taking hard votes. They're putting people on record with very hard votes, and, and that's a good thing for the country. And as we talked about earlier this week, there are ways that Republicans will be able to get some of this done, even without the president and without the Senate. So these are not just show votes. There's actually some substance of this stuff, and they're able to defund some of these things and stop some of the weaponization. So good news on the first week in Congress. Yeah, and I expect we'll be spending a lot of our Friday good news time uh, in throughout this year on items like that because they, they, they're they being very aggressive, like you said, and, and doing the things that they said they were going to do. And, and so we'll be reporting on that every week as we can. Since we've had that much good news, let me throw out one that's just an enigma. 
in talking about the polarization we had, particularly in the pro-life votes and how you've got Henry Cuellar, who's really the only guy left on the Democrat side, in the middle of the debate that, that was going on and these debates on, on the Born Alive Protection Act, so, you know, someone survives the abortion. We talked about that one. There is a Democrat representative. Her name is Hillary Schlotten. I think I pronounced that right. She's a Democrat out of Michigan. And she gave a speech against that measure to protect children who survive an abortion. And she says, as a pro-choice Christian who choose life, this issue is personal to me. She said that she believes women should have a sacred and personal choice to abort their unborn child if they want to. And she quoted a Bible verse to say that women have a right to abort their unborn child. What Bible verse would you choose if you were looking to support aborting an unborn child? Wow. Uh, <laughs> if you're trying to take the Bible out of context, right, what verse would you use? Yeah. If you're trying uh, to so take I, the Bible out of context, yeah. Right. I, I mean, I, I could think of places that, that this is a, a dumb game to play, right? I get it. But uh, so Ecclesiastes 3, there's time for everything, a time to be born, a time to die. That's too logical. You, you, you can't choose that. That makes sense. You can't choose that <laughs> verse. Uh, I mean, it obviously doesn't make sense in the context of like, that's not what that verse means, but... You could argue that uh, verse from her side. Right. I, how you could distort um, and say, right, well, this isn't a time for this child to be born. Um, although if you're going to say at that time it's a time to die, then what are you killing? Oh, you're killing an unborn life. Uh, and I love the argument. People are like, no, 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 it's a fetus. And I just want to encourage them to go look up that word. What does yeah. that, that word mean? The Latin for unborn child. Cool. So you're just saying unborn child in another language. Uh, man, th- there's definitely some I can think about. Old Testament, I think judgment things. Um, but probably someone who's obviously not biblically literate and sound. What would she quickly find to distort and misuse? That's a tougher question. I'm not sure. Here is her. Here's part of her. I'm just quoting from her speech. She says, now remember, she, she supports, and she says it's a sacred and personal choice to abort an unborn child if a mother wants to. Says, she says, quote, I'm guided by passages like Jeremiah 1.5, which says, I knew you before I formed you and placed you in your mother's womb. Now, how do you use that verse to justify abortion? Yeah, you can't. You no, no. She justifies it here. No, no, no. <laughs> I, what you're <laughs> saying the is the key word there was to try to justify. Yeah, that's, right. Right. that's what you mean to say. Yeah. What you're going to tell us is she said a bunch of words. Yes, did she right. justify abortion? No, she did that's not. Right. She said a bunch she, of words. I hear all said, the words that you're saying, but it doesn't. Yeah. You keep using those words. I do not <laughs> yeah. think they mean what you think they mean. That's right. Princess Bride to the rescue. That's right. Yes. So she says it doesn't say the government's womb or the speaker's womb. It says the mother's womb. I believe life is precious, but I reject the idea that if I embrace the sanctity of life, I must be forced to invite the federal government in to regulate life. Um, May I point out how stupid that is on so many levels, not just the life level. What a terrible verse to choose. But, you know, if I'm opposed to robbery, does that mean I should oppose any regulations of the federal government to punish those who commit robbery? If I'm opposed to murder, should I say there should be no federal regulations? I mean, she's saying that it just doesn't even make sense. Now, can, can we also back up? Uh, what did she say about the womb and whose womb did she say it was? Oh, she she said uh, the it mother. It doesn't say the government's womb or the speaker's womb. It says the mother's womb. Now, first of all, just on the Democrat side, first of all, the Bible verse doesn't say mother's womb. It says I formed you in the womb. And how dare she? 
as a Democrat, pretend like only women can have wombs. <laughs> how how dare she? Hasn't she misunderstood oh, her man. party's position right now? Like I, I I think fundamentally, like her own side should be attacking her right now for her insensitivity. Pretending like only, now obviously, obviously, yes, only women have wombs, but even Jeremiah at 1.5 doesn't say, the mother, it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So even there, obviously, it's a logical assumption, only women have wombs, but if you're saying that, then you're also acknowledging that male and female are a thing, and that boys cannot be girls and girls cannot be boys. Uh, so anyway, just a, a little self-refuting logic in your illogical position that she has taken. Now, she was one of the three who voted for the resolution. She did not vote for the bill. So she did not vote for the bill to protect child, but she did vote for the, the resolution condemning firebombing uh, of, of clinics, etc. So she at least went that far pro-life. But what a crazy verse to use and what an what a crazy argument to try to make to justify being able to kill a child after it's born. It just doesn't make sense. So that's not part of the good news. That's just part of the argument. The good news was the bill passed despite her illogical arguments. I'm sure she probably got a standing ovation from her side on that, but nonetheless, it it was crazy. All right, guys. Well, Tim, I I gave you a chance to jump in with a piece of good news, but, you know, David David had more to say, so we got to take a quick break, and then we come back. You get the second half of the program. How about that? Like, we'll just do, like, four good news stories from Tim. Everybody, hold on. We'll be right back. You're listening to Wobble. Hi friends, this is Tim Barton of Wall Builders. This is a time when most Americans don't know much about American history or even Hebrews of the faith. And I know oftentimes for parents, we're trying to find good content for our kids to read. And if you remember back to the Bible, to the book of Hebrews, it has the Faith Hall of Fame where they outlined the leaders of faith that had gone before them. Well, this is something that as Americans, we really want to go back and outline some of these heroes, not just of American history, but heroes of Christianity and our faith as well. I want to let you know about some biographical sketches we have available on our website. One is called the Courageous Leaders Collection. And this collection includes people like Abigail Adams, Abraham Lincoln, Francis Scott Key, George Washington Carver, Susanna Wesley, even the Wright brothers. And there's a second collection called Heroes of History. In this collection, you'll read about people like Benjamin Franklin or Christopher Columbus, Daniel Boone, George Washington, Harriet Tubman. Friends, the list goes on and on. This is a great collection for your young person to have and read, and it's a providential view of American and Christian history. This is available at wallbuilders.com. That's www.wallbuilders.com. Welcome back to Wobblers. Thanks for staying with us on this Good News Friday. And Tim, we finally coming to you, brother. So what is your first piece of good news? We staying in D.C. or headed somewhere else? Well, guys, this is a story from the Buffalo Bills, so at New York. But uh, anybody who's paid attention the last couple of weeks know that uh, the Buffalo Bills defensive back, Damar Hamlin, had a significant incident where he was making a tackle, uh, ends up collapsing. They have to do CPR on the field. They take him off. He, he's okay now. Praise God for that. Uh, and of course, then there were you know questions and wonderments uh, because we've seen a lot of professional athletes that have been having these sudden cardiac events and having strokes and heart attacks and people dying and things that seem fairly unprecedented. We know the NFL required uh, individuals to get the jab along the way. And so there, there's some questions, but that, that's not the, the direction we're going. And by the way, let me just add, there's questions because there's now several studies that have come out showing higher incidence in young people who are strong that got the jab. So it's not that you're just bringing that up as an issue, Tim. You're not trying to just dish, dish a jab. That's actually medical evidence. Well, yeah. I mean, it's something we know that, that Pfizer's also released information um, related to this. CDC has talked about how the Pfizer vaccine uh, is 
produce some of these results. So there's already surrounding question marks, uh, more stuff coming to light uh, over time. And I even saw something uh, earlier this week where I I think that for for individuals who are producing these jabs, uh, they're producing them for basically $2.50 is what their cost is, but they're selling them for $135. There's a reason that last year they made $19 billion uh, just one of these companies selling these this specific product. So uh, nonetheless, it's kind of a side note, not the rabbit trail or the rabbit hole we're going down right now. But Sean McDermott, who's the coach for the Buffalo Bills, uh, when he when he was talking about DeMar Hamlin and he was giving an update on where he was, uh, it, a lot of really encouraging things he said. He talked about the amount of faith, hope, and love that we saw on display over the last three days has been nothing short of amazing. And uh, this was during his news conference. Uh, he talked about how the, the Cincinnati organizations, they were playing the Bengals, um, how they handle it, the, the officiating crews, uh, even the, the NFL thank them and also even thank the media for respecting the privacy and having compassion. But then as he is concluding that thought, he says, finally, and just as important as anything, is glory to God for keeping DeMar and his family in the palm of his hand over the last couple of days and his healing powers. When you have a NFL coach, and right, we know that the Buffalo Bills, anybody paying attention uh, to the playoffs over the weekend, the Buffalo Bills won their playoff game. They're advancing. This is a very good football team. This is a team that gets a lot of press, a lot of notoriety. And for their head coach to come out and and not just talk about the fact that God was able to protect and keep one of their players safe in this traumatic situation, but also even recognizing the power of prayer and, and, and even there being healing is a thing out there. It's something that I think most Americans still agree and believe with and in. But so often people just don't want to say it because of the criticisms and often the negative press you get. But what's also been interesting is uh, over playoff weekend last week, there were many NFL teams that to, to start the game off and even ESPN uh, even showed some footage of this on more than one occasion where these teams are, are now meeting at center field and, and prayers become a thing again mm-hmm. where, you know, taking a knee, it used to be Tim Tebow. He would take the knee in prayer and faith. And then Colin Kaepernick. Right was taking the knee to protest America and to protest police and uh, right what whatever these alleged accusations about the evil of America was. Well, now we are seeing yet again a knee being taken, and, and it reminds me this last summer where you had the Coach Kennedy decision from the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, our friends over at First Liberty had that case, and Coach Kennedy was the football coach from Bremerton, Washington, who lost his job because he would go pray after a football game. Well, we are now literally seeing in the NFL entire teams coming together and taking a knee. And and this is something that certainly is encouraging that faith is becoming more visible in certain arenas and certain areas than it has been in the past. And for Buffalo Bills coach Sean McDermott to come out and just acknowledge God's healing power, acknowledge the power of prayer, to me, that is really good news. All right, guys, we got time for one more good news here. David, what do you want to close this out with today? Well, this is uh, some of the cable ratings that are on the various cable channels that are out there. And I don't know, it must have been six, eight months ago, maybe a year ago, uh, the Hallmark Channel started having some of their their key actors kind of leave, not kind of leave, but absolutely did leave. Hallmark made the decision they were going to do the Disney thing and and be pro-LGBTQIA+. And so what happened, and, and Hallmark's considered the family channel, and in their primetime programming and all the movies they were producing, they started having open lesbian kisses, open gay kisses, whatever. And, and, and people said, no, come on, not Hallmark. Don't do that. This is the family channel. We want traditional family stuff. And at that point, I think it was the top seven or eight actors 
from Hallmark said, we don't agree with that philosophy either, and said, no, 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 this is not our value system. And they, they jumped over to the Great American Family Channel. And one of the favorites over at Hallmark that, that moved over was Candace Cameron Burr. And she really has been tweeting a lot about the changes and what's going on. I think she was the, the first kind of big actor from Hallmark that went over. And then seven or eight went over after her and said, yeah, that, that's not our values over at Hallmark. She put this message out on social media, says, thank you for finding and watching the Great American Family Channel. And she got in trouble last year for saying the Great American Family Channel would keep traditional marriage at the core, which they've done. Imagine getting in trouble for saying that, but she did. But she said, great news for Great American Media's hashtag Great American Family to end 2022 and an even better way to start off 2023. And it's because they are the fastest growing network in all the cable networks in primetime. So the primetime ratings they have in the households is up 128% over all the other cable networks. I mean, they've just taken off and exploded. Well, it, it makes a lot of sense, too. She's a very popular actress, uh, certainly from Full House and then Fuller House, and it's many things she's done. But somebody who is a great actress, who has the right kind of values and wants to promote those values, there's so many families that would be willing to let their kids watch something if there was something worth watching somewhere out there. And so since Hallmark has kind of decided they want to go woke and they don't want to embrace traditional values anymore... It, one of the things, guys, we talked about the free market for a long time. In the free market, there's competition, and somebody will offer what the market wants. And certainly, there is a very large Christian market that is being underserviced and really ignored in many situations. And so, definitely props and kudos to her for having values and making a move because of her values. And uh, I, I was never really a Hallmark person to begin with, uh, although being married and, and uh, having a wife that does enjoy some of those things, I'm sure at some point I might end up seeing one of hers. I'll keep you guys updated, let you know how it goes. But this is good news that there is an option out there of somebody who's trying to uphold the right kind of values. All right, folks, we're out of time for good news today, but there is more good news at our website. Be sure and check it out, wallbuilderslive.com. You can dive into those archives. You can also get signed up for one of our biblical citizenship courses. Lots of good news in that eight-week course, and you can be the one to bring it to your church or your community completely free, free for you as the coach that hosts that class. We'll train you on how to do it. All of that available for free at our website today, biblicalcitizens.com, biblicalcitizens.com. It's also free for your students, so I really encourage you to host that class. We are hearing so many great stories, 11,000 Constitution coaches across the country now, uh, thousands of classes where people are finding hope, they're finding answers from God's Word on how to respond in the culture and what to do to restore our constitutional republic, and you can be the one that is a catalyst for restoring those biblical values and constitutional principles. Check it out today at biblicalcitizens.com. Thanks for listening to Wobblers Live. Stand undivided forever you